Amen. We have a, a good God. Amen. Amen. Hey, you noticed uh, something in your bulletin about the, the, the bathroom uh, remodel. I wanna, I'm happy to say that it, we are about 98% done with the bathroom. It is open. The men's restroom is open. Go take a look at it. And um, we're waiting on the partitions to come in. And uh, that takes about three to four weeks. And so, but, uh, so we've got a makeshift partition in there. But um, so, so much thanks to everyone who has helped out. Lots of lots and lots of hours getting that handicap accessible, and it looks great. It's also, I think, the warmest room in the church now. As you know, Josh is gone, but he, he helped to get all the, you know, the bathrooms were the coldest, and now the women's restroom is real warm. And, and I don't know, I think the, the men's is like really, really warm. So I'm going to move my chair and desk into there for during the midweek so I can have a nice warm place to study. And then you'll really find me in my office. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know, uh, life, life has limits, right? There's a lot of limits in life. When we drive down the, the, the highway, the freeway, there's these signs. They're called speed limit signs. They tell us how fast we should go and how, how uh, they keep a limit on our speed. I heard this one story of this woman who, who uh, had made a trip, and the trip was supposed to take about three hours. Um, and she was up in, uh, up in Canada, I believe it was, and um, supposed to take about three hours, and it took under two. And um, someone was very concerned. says, how did you get here so fast? So they started talking, and she found out that she had pressed the kilometer-to-mile button. And so she thought that she was doing 80 kilometers an hour, which is, you know, like 50 or something. Instead, she was doing over 80 miles an hour. And uh, so she blew through that thing quite fast. But there's limits that we're supposed to, we're supposed to follow. We all have them in our life. Uh, swimming pools, my son's a lifeguard. They won't let the little kids swim in the deep end of the pool. There's a limit. If they can't pass the test, they've got to stay in the shallow end of the pool. Your credit card has a limit. Nurses have limits on what they can do. EMTs have limits on what they can do even in the life-saving process. It takes an EMT about 120 uh, to 150 hours to get their certification. Um, they can only do so many things. One of the things they can't, they can't break the skin. They can't give you a shot. Then any, any procedure that breaks the skin is off limits to them. But paramedics have a higher limit of what they can do. They can almost do anything. Um, for life saving. So life is full of limits and sometimes we're not happy about those limits. Um, sometimes we don't like those limits. Sometimes we're bound in by our own limits even. Um, I went skiing this last week and it's, I don't know if it's ringing as bad for you, but it's really ringing for me up here. Um, but uh, I went skiing this week and I know my limits. Um, and so I, you know, I'm trying not to go off too many, any jumps. Not anymore. I decided I'm, I'm too old for jumps. I'm just skiing. And, uh, and th though my son did make me go through one of the little box things, you know, with a in the trailer, and that was a mistake. I should have known my limit that anything that doesn't have snow on it, I should avoid. And so I went through this little truck, tra you know, truck trailer thing, and it's when you go through it, there's no snow on the floor. It's just a plastic or a metal floor. And uh, so my edge is caught. Pretty soon my skis are going straight out. They hit the side of the thing, and I went forward and fell on my pole in my hand here and bruised all my ribs. So um, I now know my limit. 
I'm not skiing through any truck trailers, you know. We have limits. Some of them we know. Uh, some of them are thrust upon us. And, and some we wish didn't exist. Well, this morning I want to talk about God's limitless possibilities for our life. And we're in a series called Limitless. Last week we talked about limitless faith. Limitless faith. And this morning we're going to talk about God's limitless love. God's limitless love. And His love is limitless. There is no end to his love. And this week I've been just work, uh, studying and reading and, and just pouring over the, the scriptures on God's love and the things that are uh, attached to it. And I've had a really fun journey. I hope I can bring you along with it this morning. Um, out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, I want to read this out of the NIV. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints. Now listen, here's what the power is for. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now, now we have power for a lot of things in, in, in life. The, uh, the word says that we have power over the enemy, um, that we have power to lay hands on the sick and, 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 and that they will recover. But Paul here is praying for power to grasp how wide, long, deep, and, and high is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So, so already uh, I, am, I am limited because I can't even give you the knowledge of his love for us today because it actually surpasses knowledge. So no matter how hard I study, no matter how many scriptures, how many stories I get, his love surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God as we begin to know about his love. Now, now when you just break that, that's a packed, powerful set of scriptures that the fullness of God is connected to understanding, to knowing his love for us. And, and you know, I, I gave the spoiler, spoiler alert, his love is limitless. His love is limitless. And, and I was having different conversations this week, and somebody yesterday said, uh, so what's, what, what are you preaching on? And I told him about the, the limitless love of God, and, and he said, give me kind of a two or three minute little synopsis. So I, I tried to do that um, in two or three minutes, and he says, you know, it's kind of like the love of a mother. And I said, yes and no, because moms still have a limit to that love. It I mean, there's some moms, so depending maybe on your mom, you might go, well, if it's limited like the love I had, I, you know, I don't know. No, it's limitless. It's, it's, it's mom on steroids, okay? Okay, I mean, you know, you think, and my mom is, is one of the most loving people. Everyone who, who meets her just says that she's just so full of love, and it's, and it's true. She is, I, I've never felt her take away her love ever, and that's just a, a tiny glimpse of the love that God has for us. His love is limitless. The love is limitless. I feel like I, I, I missed a page of my... Oh, it's on the back. I got really scared. I'm like, I, I'm missing a page, and there's some really good quotes on this page, and I can't wing those because I'm not smart enough to write the things that other people have said. Um, Listen, no matter who you are, where you are, whether you're 
a born-again Christian or not, whether you've placed your faith in him or still a searcher on the journey that, that we're all on, no matter what, God loves you. Now, I, now I, I've been doing this more and more. I'm taking the, the moment to say, now God loves you no matter who you are and where you are. But that doesn't make you a son of God. That doesn't make you a child of God. That doesn't make you a daughter of God. That does not bring you into the family of God and give you salvation. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you, to die for me, so that we could have life. But God loves you regardless of whether you've received his gift or not. He doesn't wait to give you love to, after you've responded to his call. I'm going to say it again. He doesn't wait to give you his love until after you respond to his call. He doesn't wait to give you his love until you've reached some sort of level of obedience or of holiness. He loves you no matter what. And he loves you, the Bible says, with an unconditional love. An unconditional love. That's the type of love that we need. And that's the type of love that God gives to us. It's amazing. I, I read a number of quotes, and, and I, I wrote, read so many. I read hundreds of scriptures this week uh, for this message. And, and, you know, 50 or so quotes of, of godly men about, about God's love. And this is, this is one of them that, that stood out, and I've got a few this morning. This is, though we are incomplete, God loves us completely. Though we are imperfect, he loves us perfectly. Though we may feel lost and without compass, God's love encompasses us completely. He loves every one of us, even those who are flawed, rejected, awkward, sorrowful, or broken. I, just, I, I thought that was, that was just wonderful. That's a wonderful picture of the love of God. God loves us completely. We're incomplete. We're flawed. We're broken. He has a limitless love for you and me. I don't believe that we can fully walk in the fullness of God without receiving and understanding the love of God. I talk about the love of God often because something that we need to really, really understand, we've got to get a hold of this because human nature causes us to be people of works rather than relationship. We always want to work for, for the things that we have. We receive love and we want to, well, I've got to do something to earn it or I've got to do something to, to make, it, make it that it was worth it. God loves us unconditionally and limitlessly. And I was going through, through the Bible and reading different uh, passages and, and even skimming whole books. The book of Hosea, the whole book of Hosea is a wonderful picture of the incredible, unending love of God for an unfaithful people. You know, the book of Hosea, uh, the prophet Hosea, he, God has him marry a prostitute. And, and the whole book is, is the relationship between Israel and God. And when you read it, there's some places like, wait a second, it sounds like God is, is taking his love away from Israel. And then you read a little bit further, and the love is just there waiting again. It's his love and his patience towards un, an unfaithful people. God's love is like that. It's, it's limitless. And because he has so much love for us, out of that love, he showers us with his patience and his grace and his mercy. And it's not because of we have done anything. 
The Bible says that it's not that we love God, it's that he loved us. He loved us first. I've been, I've been going through this, this journey, this refreshed journey even in my, my understanding of God. I've been reading some different things and uh, some came up and, and it's the, the question, are we even capable of loving God without his love for us? Are we capable of receiving his gift of salvation if he hasn't first given us that ability? Because on our own, we are fully, fully separated from God. We are, in old word, we are incorrigible. We are absolutely needy of the loving God. And he is all loving. I'm, in, I, I'm going through an in-depth study of the book of Exodus, and I, and I haven't come back to this point yet, but I'm excited to get there. Exodus chapter 33 and 34 is the, the story of, of the, with Moses and the Ten Commandments. Moses in chapter 33 is having a conversation with God, and he wants to see God's glory. He wants to see God's glory. He says, God, show me your glory. And God says to him, he says, no man can see my face and live. But he says, I'm going to cause my glory to pass in front of you. He says, and I'm going to put my hand over your eyes until I pass. And then I'm going I'm to take it off. Before that, it, it's interesting. He says, I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock. And, and I picture, uh, you, know, you know, there's lots of rocks up here. I used to climb all over these mountains when I was a kid. And I, I picture some of the boulders I used to climb in where, where you're surrounded on all three sides and you're standing on a ledge and there's nowhere to go except out. And, and, and that's the cleft that I'm picturing here. And, and, and God says, I'm going to put Moses in one of those places. And I'm like, there's nowhere to go. I'm going to pass in front of you, God says. I'm going to cover your eyes. And then after I pass, I'm going to remove them. And I'm going to let you see my glory. And the reason he put him, I think the reason he puts him in a cleft of rock because the glory is so powerful that, that if Moses could fall anywhere, he would fall. But there's nowhere to fall. He's protected by the rock. In chapter 34, so he's talking to him in 33 about this. And, and in, in chapter 34, I think it's in around 6 and 7. Um, and 6 it says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, listen, the Lord, the Lord, God, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. And then it says, by no means clearing the guilty. In another translation, it says, the Lord, uh, merciful and, and loving, patient, abounding in goodness and truth. As the Lord's goodness passes in front of Moses, he, he puts his hand up, he takes it away, and this is what, what Moses says, sees. The Lord God, who's merciful and gracious, patient, loving, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. This is the picture of God's backside. That's not even his front side. I mean, you think about that. He says, oh, no, no, you can't see my face and live. That's enough for me. Good, faithful, patient, long-suffering, forgiving iniquity. That's God. He's loving without measure, without end. 
And Moses had the opportunity to see him. And we need to get that opportunity also to see him and understand that, that his glory is absolutely amazing and that his love for us is never-ending and it's limitless. Some of you have done things in your life that you question whether or not God can love you. I'll guarantee you that many people in this room have done something in their life that they don't tell anybody about because they believe if they told them that, th that they would lose love. There's those things in our life that you say, you know what I've done? I, maybe God, I feel like God's forgiven me. I don't know for sure. But I know that if I told somebody else, they wouldn't love me anymore. God's love is limitless. There's nothing you can do that takes you away from his love. I used to sing the song, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It's right out of the scriptures. The steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Morning is a wonderful time. So wonderful we can wake up and thank God for a new day and for, for mercies. God, thank you for your mercy. Whatever you did yesterday or last week or last night, you wake up and you thank him for your mercy. We do things and, and we, we hurt people. And there are things that we do. If, if we do them, people will take their affection for us away. They'll break relationship. I don't know if you've ever been in such a bad place. You know the kind of place where your attitude is, is totally affected whether it's depression or discouragement or whatever, life is coming in, it is now affecting your attitude. And the people around you are beginning to see it and notice it, and they're beginning to feel the wrath, the, the outpouring of that, that thing that's happening in your life. They didn't do anything. Whatever it is, it's all within you. It's a work problem. It's something else, but it's affecting you. And you're becoming really difficult to be around. Anyone relate with that? been too many times in my life you know just life can come up and you know and, and and you get to the point where you know it you're beginning to realize it you know what my attitude is affecting my relationship here I'm being short with my kids I'm being short with my spouse if, if it's you know I'm being short with the people at work if you if you're in that moment if you have the ability to reason you realize it and you say to yourself I I think I'm reaching the limit with my family you're actually looking and, and going, I, I, I think I'm reaching my limit with them. You know, they're, they're becoming like Popeye. I, I, I've stood all I can stand and I can't stand no more. You know, I mean, right? We have grace with one another in the family. We have, we have some forgiveness, but sometimes you're just, in, you're just so sour. You're, you're actually thinking, I, I, I think I'm reaching my limit. Have you, have you been there? Maybe you didn't even realize it and all of a sudden you just reached it. And somebody in your family told you that you reached it. And they said, I'm done. I've had enough of you treating me like this. I'm done, right? We're, I'm done. In, in, in Spanish, it's, it's a estoy harto. <laughs> and I used that really wrong. I, I thought it meant like I'm really full, I'm satisfied. 
you know, I've, I've had enough. And so after dinner one night, uh, they said, I was in Mexico, and they said, how was it? I said, oh, do you want more? I said, oh, no, estoy harto. And they, oh, well, they, you know, because somebody told me, man, like, I've, I've eaten enough. They said, oh, no, no, no. So somebody helped me translate. It means I'm fed up. I've had it up to here. So when they said, you want some more food? I'm like, no, I've had enough of your food. <laughs> but, but, you know, we're, we're, sometimes we're, people are that way, you know, we're, people that way against us, we're that way with people. Listen, I'm sick of your attitude. You need an attitude adjustment. We've reached the limit of grace with people. If I push any further, they're going to lose patience and grace. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we just, we, 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 we reach our limit. Well, I wanted t- to know today that God never reaches that point with us. I went on a journey in this time of the message of God's limitless love, and I went, wait a second, he's, I know he's got love. I know he's got love, but does, what about his patience? And now this was an interesting study, and I, I still want to go back more, but I began to, to, to read, and I started thinking of the scriptures. Well, man, uh, you know, uh, you, God said, like, how long will I put up with you? Right? I mean, God says these things to his people, and it's like, wait a second, it sounds like God lost his patience. And I'm like, does, does, could God lose his patience? And I kind of did some spiritual and mental gymnastics until I came to the scripture, because it's important to, to know that, yes, he loves us, and his love is limitless, but what about his patience for us? And, and listen, uh, 1 Timothy 1.16, Paul's talking to Timothy, and, and, and Paul is, you know, calls himself the chief of sinners. And he says this. He says, But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Wait, so in me, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience. And, I, and well, so that's out of the ESV. So I, I went, I looked it up. I said, well, what does the word perfect mean? And it means all. It means full, complete patience. God's patience is perfect. It's all-encompassing. He never, and then, and then I just went on saying, wait a second. How could God lose his patience? He's in control. You only lose things when you're out of control. There's, a, there's an encouragement to us that, that if you lose your patience a lot, you can gain it back. You don't have to lose your patience. God never loses his patience. His patience is perfect. But he knows when he needs to act. He knows when he needs to judge. He knows perfectly what we need, when we need it. And it's not because he's sick and tired of us. It's because, okay, here's what you need today. You just need a swift kick in the rear. You need to go into captivity for 70 years. You need to let the enemy come in and take all your possessions away. What? Is that merciful? Actually, it is. We call it today tough love. God knows how to give tough love. Some of you parents have had to give tough love to their kids where you cut them off. To somebody you're helping, an addict. He says, no more. We're not going to, no more money, no more, nothing. We're not, we're done. Tough love. God knows how to give that too. But it's not because he loses patience with us. 
Sometimes we just, we're done. And we're like, you know what? I'm not helping you. Why? Because you give me a heart attack and you make me stressed out. And it's really just about self-preservation. God never needs to preserve himself. He does it because he's all-knowing and he knows that this is the best thing for you. So when God, quote-unquote, loses his patience, it's perfect. So he didn't lose it. He planned. And he knew this is what I'm going to do to help push you back into the fold, to push you back towards righteousness. He is so amazing. Rick Warren says this about God's love. God's love is like an ocean. You can see its beginning, but not its end. That's really good. That's really good. You go stand by the ocean. Now, if you're a weird thinker like me, I'd be like, well, how do I know this isn't the end of God's love? <laughs> no, this is, God's love is like that. You, 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 know, you look in the ocean and go... I just can't see anything. It's limitless. And see, we know the ocean has a limit, but you, we certainly can't see it. God's love. We, we'll never see the end of his love, no matter how far you go. He loves you unconditionally. Craig Rochelle, another pastor, says, There is no sin too great for God's grace. This is this next part. There is no habit too big for his healing. And there is no label too strong for his love. No matter the sin, the habit, or the label that's been placed upon you, none of them are too big for his love. He loves us unconditionally. Jesus was questioned, Oh, teacher, I hear a little sarcasm in there coming out of the Pharisees. What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's the greatest commandment. And the second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we're talking this morning about limitless love. And we need a foundation for God's limitless love to understand and to be able to fulfill the first and greatest commandment, which is to love God. We don't love God to gain his approval. We don't love God to get him to love us We love God because he loved us. And he loves his love for us and his grace and his mercy and his perfect patience and his perfect wisdom that's for us. He knows in every situation what is the best thing that will lead us back to him. The Bible in Romans 8, 20 says that he works all things for the good for those who love him. His love is amazing and he will work all these things, but these the, the things that God has done for us by sending Christ for our sins, for, for loving us when we're unlovable, for calling us, should cause us to love him. And it should be evident. And it should become evidence that we love God. And then he goes, and throughout the book of 1 John and, and other places, you can't love God without loving your neighbor. You can't love God without loving your neighbor. In fact, the proof that you love God is going to be that you do you love your neighbor. And I was challenged again in this. It's not just Christians. And, and here we are. We're going to leave here in just a few minutes. And some of you are going to be brave enough or silly or stupid enough to go try to eat in a restaurant like we did last weekend. Oh, my goodness. We went to El Pollo Loco. And it was loco. I mean, it was crazy. 
You're going to drive through the town, and, and you're going to want to forget everything I talked about this morning. And you've got to remember, oh, wait a second. God wants me to love the idiot. <laughs> yeah. And some of them are. I mean, yeah, and, may, and, and at one time, that was us too. We've all done the idiot moves. We've all done those things. But we're driving down and we see the people breaking their sleds. I point up here because we live out this way and there's, you know, 100 people on hatchery sledding all the time and parking right barely off the road and opening the door. I mean, it's, it's a highway. You're doing 50 miles an hour up and all of a sudden they stop and open up the door and three kids jump out and they're in the highway. You're like, whoa. And you go, oh, wait a second. It's like... <laughs> I love you. I'm going to try to love you. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love those that are hard to love. I'm going to, I'm going to put away uh, all of my, my preconceived notions. I'm going to just try to love people. Because if I, if, if I believe that God loved me and gave Jesus to me, then who am I to withhold his love from anybody? And I get to be the vessel of God's love. Now, if you want some real strong conviction, hold on to your seat for a second and says, and, and imagine that you might be the only amount of love from God that people receive. That might be the only love that people see is the love that you have for them. And that could be really convicting. Because I mean, well, if, if somebody's relying on my love to be an example of God's love, there's a lot of sorry people out there. He wants you to love others. He wants us to forgive them, to walk in grace. How can we who've received grace withhold grace from other people? How can we who've received God's mercy withhold mercy from other people? How can we who've received God's love and His peace withhold love and peace from other people? God's love towards us is limitless. We need to pray and ask God for help to let us be limitless in our love for others. Lord, how many times do I have to forgive my brothers? Seven times in a day? I tell you, 70 times seven. God, increase our faith. This is it. Lord, increase our faith. His limitless love. But if we can be, be continue or begin, you know, I, I, look at the, I look at the picture up on the thing, and, you know, it's just wide open. If we can begin to say, well, God's love for me is limitless. His, his opportunities for me is limitless. His fa my faith could be limitless. His power is limitless. God, I want to walk in limitless love towards others. Love and mercy. Patience. God, help me to have these things flowing through me that I might be a witness for you. It's easy to receive the limitless love of God. It's a lot harder to give it. And we've had messages where we, you know by now that I'm not talking about cheap grace, free grace. I'm not talking about that, that if somebody's causing you damage, you just let them keep damaging you. We're not into those things. See, we... we, we come against God and he never takes his love from us but sometimes he says that's enough I'm not going to let you do anymore sometimes we do have to do that with people but we do it in love and it's not because of feeling C.S. Lewis said it other people have said it too but it's always good to find so quote although our feelings come and go God's love for us does not 
And that can go on the fact of whether we feel his love or not. He loves us. Can also go help us to go, you know, I, I, I don't feel like loving you today, so I just don't think I will. And then we're reminded, wait a second, God's love for me doesn't ever end. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you in Jesus' name. And even if I have to just look at you and say, I love you, I love you, and work it up. I'm going to try to work up that. I'm going to get there. I'm going to take every thought captive. The enemy come in, all these bad thoughts. No. I love you because God loved me. And his love is limitless. Heavenly Father, we hear this, we read it, we know it, and yet it's hard to walk it. God, we can't even always receive and walk in the love that you have for us, but God, I pray that you're increasing it again to know that we're loved, we're accepted in the beloved, that we've been made perfect. If we put our faith in you, we've been made perfect, not because of what we did, but because of what you did. And God, you call us to love you back above everything in our life to put you first in our relationships, in our work, in our, in our families, to love you above all things and to love our neighbors ourselves. God, cause us to be a people that are known for their love, as First John says. Let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knoweth God. We want to be known for our love, one for another. So God, as we go from today, we leave the safety of, of the sanctuary into the streets that are crazy, into a, a week that's filled with hard work and people and deadlines and uh, bosses or employees that are difficult to work with. God, I pray that you would help us to love limitlessly, as best as we can, by letting your love love through us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.